Shalom, and thank you for listening to sermons from Tikvot Israel, a Messianic synagogue in the heart of Richmond, Virginia. Listening to the podcast is great, but if you want the full experience, please join us Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for our worship service. We are located at the corner of Boulevard and Grove, across from the Art Museum. For more information, you can visit our website at tikvotisrael.com. There, you can support the ministry, learn more about Messianic Judaism, and contact us with any questions or comments. May Hashem bless you through the hearing of his word. Abba, we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your appointed times, your Moedim. We thank you for this new year, 5779. Uh, and we pray that your word would go forth to encourage and lift up and, and uh, edify, build up your people, O oh God. Um, that uh, we would come away with something new and uh, closer to you, O oh God, in the hearing of your word. And in Yeshua's name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> Shana Tova, everyone. All right. So uh, I have a riddle for you. Okay, this is an old riddle. Uh, what goes up but never comes down? Does anyone have any ideas? The rent. Okay, good. Anybody else? Age. Your age. Very good. How about uh, the number of times a video gets watched on YouTube, right? Just keeps going up and up. Viral videos, right? Um, your age, we said. How about, um, how about the Voyager spacecraft? Huh? Launched in 1977 from Cape Canaveral. To collect data on the outer planets, originally it had a, a five-year mission. You know, it's still collecting data to this day, more than 40 years later. It's gone beyond its mission. It's still going up, up and up and up, right? How about, uh, how about the year, right? 5770, what is it? Nine? Okay. So as of today, or, or really last night, we're going to party like it's 5779. All right. Sounds good. It's never going to be 5778 again. The year only goes up. So this riddle works because uh, most things, you know, uh, the, the law of gravity, it says what goes up must come down. Right. That is most things that go up also come back. Okay, so uh, I'm wondering which it is in the sacred texts uh, of this season. Do they follow the model of gravity? Do they come back? Or do they follow the model of the Voyager spacecraft or our age? Do they just keep going up and up and up? So today we will discuss the matter of what goes up. So we have arrived at, what is it today? Rosh Hashanah, yes, thank you. Oh, that's the year, but uh, the, the festival, Rosh Hashanah, Rosh Hashanah, and it's certainly a time to look up. We blow the shofar, which is uh, kind of like an ancient alarm clock, and what does that say? What does an alarm clock do? Wakes you up, right. You know, I, I brought a shofar to a, a men's group I was sharing with about the high holidays, explaining about Rosh Hashanah, and uh, not one of them, there was not one trumpet or trombone player among them, and uh, I, I'm not that good on the shofar. We have some experts here, so I had to kind of pretend. I had the, the ram's horn up, and I just went, 
like that. And uh, yeah, it was not so majestic, right? Uh, they, they were not fooled. Um, but the real shofar sound uh, that we, we had the little first fruits of that from, from uh, Robert in the back, uh, what does that do? It wakes you up, right? It's, a, it's like an alarm clock. You, you know, you would never be late to work again if you had somebody playing one of those in the morning, right? Which kind of makes me wonder, what's, what's a good tip for a shofar player that wakes you up every morning? Like, what do you do? And then it's kind of awkward because he's, you know, standing there once he wakes you up. I don't know. I haven't really thought this through. But, uh, but anyways, yes, things are looking up for Rosh Hashanah. We wake up. We look up, right, and we eat sweet things, yes, <laughs> right? We eat sweet, we eat up, I don't know what that means. Yeah, I'll just see if you're paying attention, okay. So we eat sweet things like apples and what else? Honey, yes, for the sweet new year to come. And, of course, we look up to the throne of God in heaven, and to, that brings uh, us uh, kind of centers us, right? It brings us clarity when we, uh, when we enthrone him, right? And we look up to the throne of God. We also look up to the Torah. We gaze upward. And there's a puzzling text uh, that was decided by the rabbis to read during this time. And uh, rest assured, the non-Messianic synagogue down the street is reading the same text. They're wrestling with the binding of Isaac. Hmm. Very strange. It's found in Genesis 22. Um, so we're going to start in verses 1 and 2. What does the scripture say about things that go up? After these things, God tested Avraham. He said to him, Avraham, and he answered, Hineni, which is? Here I am. He said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Yitzchak, otherwise known as Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah. There, are you, there you are to offer him as a burnt offering on a mountain that I will point out to you. Whew. Pretty rough. Pretty rough at first glance. Especially after Genesis 21 just one chapter earlier in Genesis 18 and Genesis 12, where the Lord said he was going to bless all nations through Abraham's descendants. And that his descendants, just to clarify, would be through his wife, Sarah. And Sarah was too old to conceive. And so a chapter earlier, right, it was confirmed that it would be through her son, a miraculous birth, Isaac, that it would be through him that the blessing to all nations would come. It was after all of this that in Genesis 22, God gives this strange instruction. Seems like a step backwards. So you're going to bless me to be a blessing through my child Isaac, and it's definitely Isaac, and it's definitely from Sarah. You want me to do what now? At least that's how I would have responded. But before we see how Avraham responds, let's step into the text for a second, and let's look at the Hebrew of what we just read. 
Who can read this? What does it say? Vahalehu sham leola. Right? And notice in both of those, uh, the first word and the last word, right? Um, there's um, three letters that are the same. What are those? Ayin, Lamed, Hey. And then in the last word, Ayin, Lamed, Hey. Interesting. Okay? So these words are the part of the text that we translated. You can leave it up. It says, offer him as a burnt offering. Offer him as a burnt offering. And the three letters that we talked about, Ayin, Lamed, Hey, it's the same root in both words. Hebrew, of course, is based on the three-letter root system. Uh, so this root is the same for the word for aliyah, right? And what is an aliyah? To go up. Yeah, to go up, for example, to go up to the land of Israel, to become a citizen, or to go up to the bima here where I'm standing and to read from the Torah. So this is translated burnt offering, but it has the same root as aliyah because the smoke from the offering goes up. So we could translate this another way. We could say, verse 2, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, go to the land of Moriah. There you are to offer him up as something that goes up. Notice it's repeated there. Offer him up as something that goes up. Therefore, Avraham was to offer his son up. And who's up? God. God is up. So when we offer it up, he was offering it up to God. To entrust God fully with his only son. Thank you, Robert. We find this idea in other narratives of Scripture as well. For example... Hannah was another woman who, like Sarah, was unable to conceive a child. So she poured out her heart to God, and she said this prayer in 1 Samuel 1, verse 11. Then she took a vow. She said, Adonai Tzavot, Lord of angel armies, if you will notice how humiliated your servant is, if you will remember me and not forget your servant, but will give your servant a male child, then I will give him to Adonai for as long as he lives, and no razor will ever come on his head, which is the the kind of Nazarite vow. So Hannah essentially offers her future son to God. She doesn't have a son yet, but she's promising him back to God. So that is the one that God provides out of her barrenness into fruition, okay? And her son whom she gives, she gives him to the priesthood to grow up. Uh, He becomes the great prophet and teacher in Israel known as Samuel. That's right. And so we understand how this works, right? So we'll go back to the narrative of Avraham for a second and the binding of Isaac. And let's see how Avraham reacts to this command from God. Is it similar to what I said? You know, what's going on here, Lord? Or is it something different? So this is the command. Remember, God says, offer your son up as something that goes up. And this is from Genesis 22, verses 3 through 6. Avraham said, what are you talking? Oh, no, wait. Okay. 
No, it's not that. Avraham got up early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him, together with Yitzhak, his son. He cut the wood for the burnt offering, departed, and went toward the place God had told him about. On the third day, Avraham raised his eyes, lifted his eyes up, and saw the place in the distance. Avraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go there, worship, and return to you. Avraham took the wood for the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, on Yitzhak, his son. Then he took in his hand the fire and the knife, and they both went on together. Things to notice. What do we notice here? Avraham, he got up early to obey this puzzling command, to offer back up to God his only son, Isaac. And you or I, you know, we might hammer haw, maybe we could sleep in that day, maybe God would change his mind. Avraham got up early. Why is this? Well, maybe he had one of those handy shofar wake-up alarm clocks we were talking about. You know, those will, those will get you up, right? Or perhaps he was always ready to trust and obey God. Notice also the word together in the text that we read, uh, which in Hebrew is yachdav. It's the same root as yachad, right? Together in unity. Very good. We're not going to keep going, though. I know it's a catchy tune. We got to keep going. Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in unity. Together in unity is all in that word, yachad. Okay? A man and his wife are echad, same root, when they are married. Right? They are one. They are together in unity. So in other words, Isaac and Avraham are together in unity in this act. And many scholars believe that Isaac is a young adult at this point, perhaps in his 20s or his 30s. This is not a scared little child we're picturing here. This is a young man trusting God together in unity with his father Avraham. It's a kind of a different picture. Notice also the word for wood. In Hebrew, uh, what is the word for wood? It's eights. Eights, which also means tree. And so the two servants stay down, and Avraham and Isaac, they, they go up. And we notice that Avraham lays the wood, or the tree, for the offering on Isaac. In other words, Isaac was carrying his own tree for his own sacrifice. Notice also in verse 6, it says, on the third day, which the rabbis saw as a bottom layer of a giant Bible cake with all the other uses of this phrase, on the third day, on the third day. This is from the rabbinic writings uh, from the Talmud in Genesis Rabbah 56 uh, on, on this, uh, these, this kind of group of words. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes. Genesis 22, 4. It is written, 
He will revive us from the two days. On the third day, he will set us up and we will live before him. On the third day of the tribes, it is written, on the third day, Joseph said to them, on the third day of the spies, as it says, and hide yourself there three days. This is a giant third day cake. It's really nice, huh? All those layers. Oh, man, I like it. On the third day of giving the Torah, as it says, it came to pass on the third day. On the third day of Jonah, as it is written, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. On the third day of those who came up from exile, as it is written, they stayed there three days. On the third day of the resurrection of the dead, this is in rabbinic writings, by the way, as it is written, he will revive us from the two days. On the third day, he will set us up and we will live before him. On Esther's third day, now it came to pass on the third day, Esther clothed herself regally, the royalty of her father's house. In what merit? This is an argument of the rabbis and Rabbi Levi. The rabbis say, in the merit of the third day of the giving of the Torah. As it says, it came to pass on the third day when it was morning. But Rabbi Levi said, in the merit of of the third day of our father Abraham, as it says, on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. What did he see? He saw a cloud attached to the mountain. He said, it appears that this is the place where the Holy One told me to offer up my son. So the third day, according to the rabbis, is the day of rebirth, resurrection, based on the other layers of this phrase in the Bible, like the layer of Jonah's story in the belly of the big fish, three days, three nights, and then reborn, in a sense, on dry land. And we are supposed to look to the merit of Abraham on the third day, when a kind of resurrection happened for Isaac. But where is the rebirth in Isaac's story? Well, we have to keep reading. Genesis 22, verse 7 and following. Yitzhak spoke to Avraham, his father. My father, he answered, here I am, my son. Again, hineni. He said, I see the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Avraham replied, God will provide himself the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And they both went on together. Bayachad. They came to the place God had told him about. And Avraham built the altar there, set the wood in order, bound Yitzhak, his son, and laid him on the altar on the wood or on the tree. Then Avraham put out his hand and took a knife to kill his son. But the angel of Adonai called out of heaven, Avraham, Avraham, he answered. Hineni, here I am. He said, don't lay your hand on the boy. Don't do anything to him. For now I know that you are a man who fears God, because you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Avraham raised his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in the bushes by its horns. Avraham went and took the ram and offered it as a burnt offering in place of his son. Avraham called the place Adonai Yireh, which means Adonai will see to it, or Adonai provides. 
as it is said on this day, on the mountain, Adonai is seen. The angel of Adonai called to Abraham a second time out of heaven. He said, I have sworn by myself, says Adonai, that because you have done this, because you haven't withheld your son, your only son, I will most certainly bless you, and I will most certainly increase your descendants to as many as there are stars in the sky or grains of sand on the seashore. Your descendants will possess the cities of their enemies, and by your descendants, all nations of the earth will be blessed because you obeyed my order. Amen. Avraham offered up his son. And here we see the resurrection, in a sense, of Isaac. Isaac, who carried the tree for his own sacrifice himself, who was raised by God from death, figuratively speaking. This moment is foundational in our understanding of Scripture. The covenant, the covenant with Avraham is cemented here again. God will bless all nations through Avraham's descendant. All of the sacrifices and the tabernacle system and all of the, the animal sacrifices, that all looks back to this moment. Our understanding of atonement looks back to this moment. What is atonement? It is a sacrifice in our place that enables us to be right with God. Again, from Genesis Rabbah 56, in the rabbinic writings of the Talmud, this is what it says. The Lord will see this binding, the binding of Isaac, to forgive Israel every year and to save them from retribution in order that it will be said on this day in all future generations, on the mountain of the Lord, Isaac's ashes shall be seen, heaped up and standing for atonement. In other words, we know, and non-Messianic Jews know, that we are forgiven and atoned for because of what this narrative points to. The faith of Abraham and Isaac together by trusting God and by offering himself up. The merit of Abraham is called upon by Jews today, seeking forgiveness, seeking to be right with God, to be forgiven from our sins. In our traditional writings, we look to the son of Abraham for atonement. And what about the son of Abraham, Isaac? Well, the binding, that is the word in Hebrew for binding, it means that his hands and his feet were bound to the tree which he himself carried. His probable age means that he knew what was happening, and he offered himself up, and that God figuratively raised him from the dead and provided a substitute, the ram in the thicket. In the words, instead of his son, in Genesis 22, meaning the ram instead of his son, Isaac, that means that the ram was sacrificed in his place for his son, instead of his son. And the ram was caught by the horn, which is the shofar, the sign to wake up 
and of God being announced as king over the earth. The rabbis saw the words offer up as something that goes up, and they concluded that it was God's intention all along, not for Avraham to kill his son with the knife, but the underlying purpose was this, for Avraham to offer Isaac back to God. And that which we give back to God, he is able to resurrect and give back to us with new life. So the question is, what's our Isaac? What is most important to us in this life? Our future spouse? Our present spouse? What about our children? Offer it up to the Lord. Do we want to make lasting change? Do we have a clear vision for a project or an idea? What about our career? Offer it up to the Lord. Whatever it is you long for most, whatever it is you hold most dear, that is your Isaac. Offer it up to the Lord, and he will return it to you, because he is the king who returns. The beginning of the story, Avraham tells the servants that he and Isaac will come back together. So he knew, somehow, that they would go up, and they would come back down the mountain together. That is, he and Isaac. He knew that God was going to bless all nations through Isaac because God affirmed it in Genesis 12, Genesis 18, Genesis 21. Because that which we give up to God, he is able to return back to us. What goes up must come down in blessing, renewal, and resurrection. The accounts of Yeshua's life begin in Matthew 1, verse 1, by saying this. This is the first sentence. This is the genealogy of Yeshua the Messiah, son of David, son of Abraham. Yeah. Yeshua, like Isaac, is the son of Avraham. The one man Israel, Yeshua, had a miraculous birth like Isaac. He carried his own tree, like Isaac. He offered himself as an atonement, like Isaac, but for Israel and for all nations. And he died on the tree that he himself carried. And on the third day, like the third days of Jonah, third day of Abraham, the third day of the exile, of Israel, we read, he was raised from the dead. And then he went up, went up to heaven. Yeshua perfectly fulfills and brings to fullness the binding of Isaac because he is the truest son of Abraham that there ever was. What goes up to heaven must come down. My friends, Yeshua... He's coming back. He's returning to rule. The shofar will sound, 
that final wake-up call, and he will appear as king. His kingdom was inaugurated, it started when he was here, and it will be complete when he comes back. The earth will be full of the knowledge of God. There will be total peace and restoration and the full blessing. There will be new life, newer than any new year. And this new year, 5779, it points forward to that new and renewed life that we have in Yeshua. Beloved, Shana Tova Tikatevu. May 5779 be a year for you of renewal, waking up with the sound of the shofar, life from the dead. May you be inscribed in the book of life through Yeshua the Messiah, the one that Isaac points to, the true son of Abraham. Amen.